Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. <laughs> this is what the Sag moon does to me. Come on, moon conjunct Saturn and Uranus, Mars square it. Hey, there's a quake in Northern California. Mike Tyson did what he was supposed to and blew Sphinx out of the water as predicted here. And I feel wonderful. I hope you're having a good day today. God bless you. Today's topic, we're talking about the cycles of the moon with focus on the infamous lunar return or the emotional setup that occurs once every month for every being on this planet because of the friendly moon that is out there. Gosh, I love Sag moons the best. I'm telling you, I'm really, I'm prejudiced about that. And I play favorites when it comes to the moon. The Sag moon does me justice. It, until it gets to late Sag and opposes my Uranus and then goes into Capricorn and opposes my Venus, while it's in Sag, it's trying all my Leo planets, it's conjunct my Jupiter, and I just feel wonderful. So, hey, you know, it's it's an exciting part of my life when the moon's in I wish the moon was in Sag all the time. I wish God would just say, you will stay in Sagittarius, but no, that actually won't work. So let's take a look as far as what the moon means, okay, the moon is lord of cancer and epitomizes everything, including, the, of course, the cancer vibration. The moon rules all things of a watery nature. It rules the tides and the rhythms of the body, the water in the body, as well as all the oceans. The moon represents the emotions and the personality connected to feelings, the subconscious or subjective mind, and our intuitive or instinctual behavior. It's associated with intuition Habits, memory, imagination, the past, past lives, receptivity, impressionability, the desire for fresh experiences, reincarnation, femininity, maternity, motherhood, of course, fecundity, disposition, emotions, feelings, mood, sensitivity, PMS, intuition, (laughs) sensation, and sympathy, and everything else you can consider as far as, you know, whatever. The moon is strongest in the sign of cancer, of course, and weakest. In the unreceptive, unemotional, ooh, Capricorn moon sign, the moon is also powerful in Taurus, where it is exalted, and emotionally problematic in Scorpio, where my moon is. So the weakest moon is the Capricorn moon, which is the polar opposite of Cancer, but the most problematic moon as far as figuring out emotion. See, the Capricorn moon is said to be the most insensitive, okay, or the coldest, where the Cancer moon is the more emotional or the warmest. And the Taurus moon is the more stable emotionally, whereas the Scorpio moon is the more unstable. And I want that to be clear. Now, the moon does a lot of things. First of all, it goes through its phases every month where it becomes a new moon. And then in a week, it goes to first quarter. When it's a new moon, it's black or you can't see it. When it goes to its first quarter, of course, it's one half bright, which takes seven days. When it's completely bright, it's a full moon. When it goes from new moon or all black to full moon or all bright, that's called a waxing moon, okay? And then after the full moon, it starts to get dark again, and a week later, it's half bright. And then two weeks later, it goes to completely black again and back to the new moon. So it goes actually new moon, first quarter, full moon, last quarter, and then back to new moon again. And so every seven days, it has an effect. Now, because the light we sense from the moon is solar energy or light reflected from the sun, 
and because all of us into metaphysics are well aware of the power of the light, because light is God, and God is light, they're both synonymous, and because the closest thing we have to the identification of the God force in the sector is the sun, obviously the best reflection of the sun or the best mirror of the sun we have is the moon. So even though the sun is 93 million miles away, the moon as the reflector of sunlight or solar energy is a lot closer. You know, I believe less than a million or something like that out there. So obviously, we are tremendously affected by the moonlight and by the gravitational effects of the moon. So that's why it's important to know when the moon is waxing or building to full moon and its biggest power on us on this planet, and also when the moon is waning or going to black the two weeks following the full moon period. Okay, so that is very, very important as far as everyone should be concerned. Obviously, or maybe it's not so obvious, Farmers often plant their seeds right after the new moon. For example, in case you're wondering, this month, not only do we talk about planting seeds, but we also talk about planting anything. So if you were to plant something like a relationship tonight, you would be doing a good thing. Why? Because the full moon is until tomorrow. And obviously the best time to plant seeds or any new beginnings is right before the full moon, almost immediately or within 24 hours previous, And the full moon will happen in about 24 hours, visible tonight and tomorrow night in Los Angeles, 12.46 p.m. tomorrow. The new moon occurred on the 14th of this month at 2.14 a.m. That's when it was all black and it will be completely bright. So a great time for twilight cruises during the full moon this week, which is something I'm curious about. So it's a full Capricorn moon, and I told you the Capricorn moon was weak. So obviously those people that have Capricorn moon lunar returns tomorrow, full moon lunar returns, are going to be extremely sensitive, the most sensitive day of the year for them. And I'll define and explain what a lunar return is. Let's take a look at some other things concerning the moon. We want to begin projects and plant seeds for everything in our lives when Mercury is direct motion, unless we do have Mercury direct in our chart. But we want to take advantage of those new beginnings, basically, for the rest of us without Mercury retrograde in our chart, when Mercury is direct, and it is, and to get the emotional factor down pat, we also want to take advantage of the waxing moon building to full, which is happening now. You want to finish projects or continue projects when the moon is waning. So after the full moon starts waning tomorrow at 12.46 p.m. for a two-week period until the 13th of next month, when at 2.53 p.m. on Wednesday the 13th, we will get the next new moon. That's why I like to do my beginnings and my endings to the cycles of the moon. Another thing we want to be aware of concerning the moon, which is so critical, is the void course moon. Okay, now, as the moon orbits the Earth, it passes through the signs of the zodiac. Every lunar month, it travels through all 12 signs, passing through each in more than two but less than three days, averaging two and a half. When the moon gets near the end of each sign... It goes beyond its last major aspect or connection or gravity pull with any other planet and all the planets combined. So that means the moon seems to be floating. When it's about to leave a sign going into the next, it seems to be floating or unaspected. No trines, no squares, no sextals, no oppositions. Now, when this happens and until it finally does move into the next sign and catches that new vibration, the moon is said to be void of course. This is a time when we can really feel unconnected and without direction. It's therefore an ideal time for centering, meditation, regrouping, and of course, finishing projects, not beginning projects. The void, of course, condition may occur for only seconds or minutes on time, or it can last for a full day or two days. Just to give you an example of this, most of void course moons this month have been very quick. 
next month, for example, it looks like most of our void course moons are happening within one to two hours. So fortunately, we don't have any void course moons coming up that are 24-hour void course moons. But if that happens, obviously, it's a great day to take off. <laughs> and it's also a wonderful day just to rest and center and relax and regroup. Just so you can mark your calendars, on, on Thursday, August the 4th, at 3.07 p.m., we'll have a void course moon in Taurus that will last for more than 24 hours. It's a 27-hour void course moon. So obviously, August 5th is a day not to get married or buy a house or elect a president or make anything major on that day when the moon will go into Gemini finally at 6.43 p.m. Friday, August 5th. So that is an unusually long void course moon, that Taurus moon in August. So there's an example. Now also, other things about the void course moon that you should be aware of because I want to teach you everything I can about the moon. This week on the Astrology Hour and last week are wonderful weeks for understanding astrology. We're doing lots of astrology topics. So people have been going berserk about the show too. Okay, now, while the moon is VC, not Viet Cong, or void course, it is wise to avoid making important decisions. Judgment at this time is probably faulty because the emotional connection is not balanced. So we don't feel right about decisions made during void course moon. Also, decisions do tend to be unrealistic, subject to factors unknown at the time. New paths are likely to be plagued with false starts, errors, and unexpected hassles. I'll give you an example. Last year, the St. Louis Cardinals won the National League Championship Series against San Francisco during a void course moon, and the Minnesota Twins won their American League Championship Series when the moon was not void course. So that's why there was an emotional problem with the umpires in the seventh game, and in a game of inches, the World Series went to Minnesota. So the void course moon can actually decide winners, losers, champions, kings, queens, and people like Nixon, who was nominated during a void course moon, of course, went through tremendous embarrassment in his office. So void course moons and big major projects are very important. I did watch the Lakers won their championship series against the Mavericks when the moon was not void course, which helped them win the championship too. So especially in my sports predictions, that's how I do That's a secret. During moon void course, actions produce unexpected results. Creative efforts go in unexpected directions. Contracts, promises, or new laws bring on difficulties. Purchases prove to be unsatisfactory if they're large, or the object simply does not fulfill its intention. Routine involving no decision will usually go well, but often requires corrections later. Delays and frustrations are common. Moon void, of course, is a time to kick back, let life flow, meditate, and avoid difficulties. And like I say, presidential candidates Dewey, Nixon versus Kennedy, Goldwater, and McGovern were all nominated while the moon was V.C., Nixon elected in 1972 while the moon was VC. The Watergate break-in occurred during a VC moon. President Ford was sworn in with the moon VC. That's why he wasn't re-elected. And, of course, the important guidelines for void course moon is to not be involved in concerns beyond our spiritual center. Moon VC is a time for subjective, spiritual, non-materialistic concerns. Don't push the river, in other words, when the moon is void course. And this is a great topic. The moon, obviously, is one of the more important elements in astrology and in any astrology chart, almost outweighing the power of the sun and the rising sign. So if you truly want to understand astrology, it is absolutely critical that you understand the moon effect. And also, along with this topic, you must know where your moon is by sign, by house, and by degree, because we're going to talk about the lunar birthday that occurs every month. If we talked about how many lunar years old I am, then 
Boo-hoo, 39 times 12, right? Well, I'm over 500 years old as far as the moon's concerned. But maybe that's what they were talking about in the Bible. But still, every 28 days we do have a lunar completion or lunation that occurs when we do enter a new emotional cycle every 28 days. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But in the meantime, hey, you know, wait a second, I can see you. There's a few of you out there. You don't know your moon. Hey, now what? Now, come on. What's the problem here? I've been trying to tell you how to get your chart. And you over there in your car, you don't know your moon. Big deal. You're a Scorpio, right? What if you have a Capricorn moon? Wouldn't you be upset about that? Or if you had a Taurus moon, you could go ahead and charm all these people. Now, come on. You got to know your moon. You know, people in the paper reading astrology doesn't work because the sun sign forecast is a bunch of garbage. If they knew about the moon, maybe they'd understand it a little better. Now, once you get your chart, and once you have it in front of you, what you need to do is you need to identify your moon sign. If you don't know your moon sign by degree and minute, then you better learn it. I'm giving you homework. Find where it says moon in your astroscope. It'll be a paragraph. Mine says moon in Scorpio, and it says intense and extreme, and either very, very happy or extremely sad and depressed, and somebody that uh, likes to take care of people and be taken care of and all that's Scorpio stuff. Explosive temper if pushed too hard. And which I never do because no one ever pushes me, thank God. But, uh, you know, (laughs) important part of knowing your moon is on the first page where your wheel is. So that will tell you the moon by sign and degree. There are 30 degrees in each sign and there's 60 minutes in each degree. My moon is 17 degrees, 09 minutes, Scorpio. So every month, come hell or high water, the moon does return to Scorpio, like clockwork, at 17 degrees and 9 minutes. And because I'm smart and because I know about astrology, I know exactly when that happens every month. And that's important because the moon returns to our birth point and it like opens a window of light to our soul. Because this is a part of the universe that we hold special to us. This is a part of our identity. So when the moon crosses that part of the universe where it was the day we were born, it lets emotional karma light into our soul for a 28-day period. Now, depending on where the moon is, how it's aspected, what's going on in our chart, if there's anything on our moon at the time, if our moon is also being aspected, this can tell us a lot about the emotional setup for the next 28 days. One thing I know for sure, for a fact, is that definitely because during this return of the moon every 28 days, which is called, quote, unquote, the lunar return, once it does happen, this, without question, is the most sensitive, vulnerable, emotional, emotionally karmic time, time that if there is karma with the mother, this is the time, the peak of that experience that could occur during the lunar return. So it is absolutely necessary for you to be aware that you have a lunar return once a month. If you know your friends and family and husbands and wives moon and are aware of their lunar return, then you'll know why they may be prone to get more angry, more everything emotionally, during that lunar return. I used to love to follow my dad's lunar return. He has a 12-degree Pisces moon. When I used to work for him once a month, every Pisces moon, without question, he would always be his angriest, and I'd always look up and say, "Uh uh-oh, we got a Pisces moon coming in 24 hours, and I'd wait for dad to come blasting into my office with something or other. It helped me love him a lot easier, knowing he was having a lunar return. I couldn't explain it to him, but still, I knew he was having it. Same with my ex-wife. She had a Scorpio moon earlier than mine, and every month right before my lunar return, she'd have hers, and she'd explode with that cancer rage, and I'd be sitting there going, why is it that every cancer I know explodes on me? Would you please leave me alone? (laughs) Stop yelling and screaming. I can hear you. 
you know, but no, they do that. You know, my mom's got a Gemini moon. My sister has a Scorpio moon at 17, exactly where mine is. So we've been sharing lunar returns our whole lives every month. She calls me up sometimes when she has her lunar return. She goes, did I have a lunar return? Because I was really upset yesterday. I go, yeah, Mel, you did. She goes, oh, what's that mean? <laughs> well, I hope you're listening, Mel. But, but anyway, it's something that really is helpful in explaining the cycles of life, especially emotionally. Obviously, you want to tread cautiously around people that are having a lunar return. No matter where their moon is, tread cautiously. Now, I announced the moon at 23 Sag. The moon moves approximately one degree every two hours. That means, supposedly, in 14 hours, the moon would go into Capricorn. Well, the moon happens to be traveling at a little quicker pace right now during its orbit. So it's going to cover that ground a lot quicker. It's going to be there in 11 hours instead of 14. What you have to do if you want to follow the course of the moon is pick up Jim Maynard's Celestial Influences, and every date it tells you where the moon is, when it goes void course, and what time it goes into the next sign. Now I'll give you an example. If, for example, the moon was going into Capricorn, which it is today, at 11 o'clock sharp, then what time would the moon be one Capricorn? Two hours later, at around 1 a.m. in the morning. What time would the moon be at 12 Capricorn? 24 hours later. So at 11 p.m. tomorrow night, there'll be a 12-degree Capricorn moon. At 11 p.m. Thursday night, then the moon will be at 24 Capricorn and go void course around 6.03 p.m. And then, because the moon is going faster, obviously, it's actually moving quicker because it's going into Aquarius Friday morning at 12.29 a.m. So obviously the moon's actually going one degree every hour and 15 minutes or hour and a half now. So it'd be further than 24. But that's what I use. I always use about two hours per degree to estimate where the moon is. For example, like next month, the moon will go in Scorpio at 8.13 p.m. on the 21st. So I know 24 hours later on Friday the 22nd, it'll be at 12 degrees at 8.13 p.m. And then 10 hours later, it'll be at 17, which would be at 6 in the morning, Saturday morning. I'll be sleeping then during my lunar return. I love to sleep during lunar returns. It's a lot less painful. Of those of us that have Scorpio moons, which rules the genital area, we'll notice our genital region is a lot more sensitive, a lot more erotic, sometimes prone to whatever, you know, during the Scorpio moon. So I prefer to be sleeping or away from uh, focusing on my root chakra during that period. Depending where your moon is and what sign and what part of the body it rules, will tell you where you'll be your most sensitive, like Aries moons rule the head and, and Taurus moons the neck and throat, Gemini moon the chest, lungs, arms, and, and legs, and, and Cancer moon the stomach and breasts also, Leo moon the back and spine, Virgo moon the intestinal area, Libra moon the kidneys, spleen and uh, Scorpio moon genital region, Sag moon liver and hips, Capricorn moon skin and bones, Aquarius moon ankles and circulation, and Pisces moon the feet. I see, everybody can have a sensitive stomach during a lunar return because the moon does rule the stomach anyway. It's the sign your natal moon is in, which will also connect the part of the body that is ruled to show you which part of the body and also the stomach being sensitive on that lunar return period. Now, how long does a lunar return last? Easy. Four degrees approaching and two degrees passing. That's six degrees total. It peaks when it's right on top of your natal moon, so it's about a 10 or 12 hour transit. It takes about 10 or 12 hours for you to go through your lunar return, your lunar birthday once a month, which sets up 
your emotional factor for the month. Now, here's some tips. If you get upset and angry and hostile and irritable during your lunar return, that will dictate what you will be like for the next month. That is why I prefer to be sometimes alone, happy, meditative, having fun, and far removed away from problems and irritations during the lunar return because the more calm you are and the more happy and serene you are during a lunar return, the better your 28-day cycle will be. That's my experience. And the more upset and angry you are, you could set up one of these cycles where these men will call me and say, well, my wife's been angry all month. You know, every day she explodes on me like clockwork. You want to make sure your wife is content and stable and happy and that her needs are fulfilled during that lunar return period. Now, this is a topic I have not done for almost a year, and it's very important. This is one of the most important things in all of astrology. So I guess you just have to listen every day to catch everything that is important about astrology, but particularly this week, tomorrow we're going to talk about the Jupiter cycle and the Jupiter return that happens every 12 years. There's a couple things also about the moon you should know about. Twice during the month, you're going to have a moon square moon. Moon will be three signs away from your moon. That's an emotionally irritating period. Once a month, you'll have a moon opposition moon where you are subject to battles, literally battles with other people. The moon square moon is more like a battle with yourself. You're upset with yourself for some reason. The moon opposed moon is a battle with another person or somebody you create in your life that is just wrong for you and the frustration leads you to that realization. Then twice a month, you will have a moon trine moon, which is said to be the best time in the month. So there's hope for all of us because twice every month we have a moon trine moon, twice every month we have a moon sextal moon, and those are said to be pleasant, easy-flowing emotional periods where things go better. Now you understand your moods, your moon cycle, the void course moon, the phases of the moon, and the lunar return. So obviously a major critical topic for today's show, the cycles of the moon. Let's go to a Leo female with Libra rising just like Farley Malaris. Kathy on line one. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing, sister? You know something? You are so cute today. I can see why you like the Sagittarius moon. You feel wonderful. I know what my moon is. I've been sitting here and looking at my chart. It's 26 Aries 39, and I'm in the seventh house. Oh, okay. You want me to talk about that? Yeah. What we do is we combine the sign vibration with the house vibration to understand emotionally really where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. The Aries moon is very aggressive and childlike and enthusiastic. But in the seventh house, it has seventh house vibration qualities, which are Libran vibrations, which is a talkative moon, which is a relationship-oriented moon, which means your feelings really lie in a house of love and commitment and marriage and partners. Mm -hmm. So that's why you may be very relationship or marriage or partnership-oriented. Right. And sometimes because it's your moon and it's your feelings, obviously, karmically, this would be an area of obsession. Mm -hmm. Understand? Yes. you have any squares in your moon? Oh, gosh, I'm not sure. Okay, well, if you did have squares and oppositions, then this would be a major area of karma concerning balance and relationships. And if you had trines and sextals, that would be more ease, more stability, and would create a higher option or a higher odds of you having a happier relationship and a happier marriage. If you had both, it would be like a good times, bad times sort of situation. Does that help you understand your moon better? Yes. Okay, thanks, Kath. All right. Bye. Bye. Michael is a Virgo rising Capricorn sun. Hi, Mike. Hi. Welcome. So what can we do for you, Guy? Okay, my moon is on 22, Sag, 11 minutes. Okay. And also my Saturn is in 5 degrees. You talked last week about Saturn, and I'm really interested about that. Okay, you only get one question, so which one do you want? Okay, I just wanted you to tell me about my moon. Okay, what house is your moon in? 
Sagittarius. What degree is your rising in Virgo? That's uh, 8 degrees 39 minutes. Okay, so your moon is in the fourth house. And what we do to understand your emotions is we combine the Sagittarius vibration from the moon being in Sag and the fourth house vibration, which is a cancer vibration. So your moon is like a Sag cancer vibration, which means that you are very sensitive, very nurturing, very much into your home and residence and surrounding for emotional feedback and stability. And also there would be a tie with the mother. Okay? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Michael. May I say one more thing? Sure. My moon is in opposition to Uranus. In your 10th house? Uh-huh. Okay, now that would be a karma concerning residence and career with your feelings getting in between. Like if you ever had to move because of a job or you had to move because you didn't have a job, if the residence ever became an issue due to career situations okay. uh, or if you ever worked in the home, that would be that moon opposed Uranus in the 10th, Okay. And also the 22nd degree of Sagittarius, the essence vibration of that degree is a maintaining of strength in emotional integrity, constant seeking of good humor in all situations. Does that sound like you? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Isn't this fun? I should pull all the Sag Moon editions of the Astrology Hour and run it on the greatest hits when I go to the Bermuda Triangle next month. Right, huh? Want to go to the Bermuda Triangle with Uncle Farley, huh? <laughs> People are going, yeah, let's all go. We'll charter a big cruise ship and go berserk, right? Yeah, then they'll come and get us, probably take us away down somewhere. Okay, Jim is a Libra with Libra Rising, and how are you, Jim? Hi, Farley. Welcome. Great topic. Oh, yeah, I thought it was pretty clear. I liked it. Amazing amount of information comes through in 27 minutes. Sure enough. That kind of gives a new meaning to the expression, what is your M.O.? <laughs> exactly. Hey, listen, anyway, the reason why I'm calling is I'm you, wondering if you can look at my chart and kind of give me an idea of when it is possibly that I'm going to have a very good companionship with somebody who is a little bit more on a philosophical bent. It's a perfect day for that with the moon and sand. Oh, you mean, Noah, is she talking about relationships? Sure. Is this a woman? Yeah. Okay. You have a Venus-Saturn conjunction here. Right. So you have your share of karma with all relationships concerning women. Boy, that's true enough. So the summer is a good time for you because during the Leo transits, Sun, Moon, Mercury, and Venus will all trine your Venus during the summer all the way up to and including into September when Venus will be in Leo. And then during July and August, Mars will be in Aries trine your Venus. So you appear to be having one of the better relationship situations of your life this summer. Uh-huh. Is that what you feel? Well, that's good. Okay, take care, guy. Oh, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Bobby now on line five, and hi, Bobby. Hi, Farley. How are you? My mom and dad loved your little parakeets. Good. I liked your mom and dad. Oh, they? I thought they were going to move in with you for a while there. <laughs> we'll join birds. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, the fight was so short that we had to do something with our time. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. No, I want to explain things. Bobby and I live in the same building. We're both Leos. And, Bobby, you were a client before you were my neighbor. That's right. And you've been listening to the show, and I have 10 birds, and you have two birds. So between us, we have 12. Right. My parents came over to see the fight yesterday, and then they wanted to see your birds, too. Right. I said, well, if she has birds, we want to know about it then. <laughs> I'm going to be moving. Oh, boo-hoo. I'm going to be giving my notice. I'm going to go back to my husband. Okay. And uh, I finally found out his uh, correct birth date and got his chart, and I think we're soulmates. He's Pisces, but he has... Leo Moon, 
and Sag Rising, as I have Leo Moon and Sag Rising. Wow. And I wanted to see about our Leos. I'm 22 degrees Leo, and he's 26 degrees Leo. That probably means we have some bitter fights, right? Yeah, well, you see, now you know that. I know that now. It, it, it'll give you, yeah, see, it gives you an edge. Uh-huh. See, like before, when you put two Leo Moons in the same room, if they don't know it, they can tear each other's throats out. Uh-huh. See? But now you know it, there's a little part in your mind now that's going to say, wait a minute, this guy's a Leo moon like me. He's a male Leo moon. Female Leo moons are just as tough. But see, Leo moons, they're kids inside of them, and they need to express themselves. Uh-huh. So each of you, like, needs your time on the stand. You know, it's like if you had a microphone, it's like, now you take the microphone. Okay, I'll take the microphone. If you're both trying to yell and scream at each other and get your emotions out, the Leo moon and Sag rising too, Bobby, see, the Sag rising is an explosive personality that will be explosive either happy or angry. Uh-huh. See, my dad's Sag rising too, and when his Pisces moon, Cancer Sun, gets upset, you can hear him down in East LA. It's like, did you hear that noise? Yeah, it's Farley's dad getting mad, you know. But, uh, you know, he's calmed down after two heart attacks. But still, the Sag rising and the Leo moon combination for husband and wife is extremely compatible as long as there is the mutual respect of the emotional power. Uh-huh. You guys probably have some real good belly laughing times too, right? More good times than bad times. Yeah, so maybe astrology has been something to help you get along better then. Perhaps. And understand this situation. I've looked at him in a whole different light since I know his birth signs. What degree of moon is his? His is 26 degrees. Okay, 26 Leo, the essence vibration of that is a promise of success shadowed by anger and frustration. A real is a need to realize self-worth, a search for true analyzation of the ability to ultimately maintain control. So, you know, that's like what could be a problem with his emotions there. Now, yours is 22? 22. A desire to delegate authority, but yet taking it back. A return of ego-centered emphasis, instinct for rising above anger. So both those degrees, as you can tell, are extremely powerful, could be angry and frustrated, and that's why you both need to be treated tenderly and nurtured with kid gloves to avoid any conflict. Does that help any? It certainly does. Good luck in your new move. Thank you much. Bye. Bye. Isn't that just fun? I love when people get resolution from astrology. they like, this woman was divorced from her husband, figured out they're both Sag Rising's Leo Moon. Now they're going to try for it again, but at least they know what they're dealing with. And that's what I love, you know, unlike... Uh, other people that don't believe in astrology, like Dr. Joyce Brothers, no offense to, I love Dr. Joyce Brothers. I heard her on another station. She did a research test where the scientists came up that astrology was only 30% accurate. And Dr. Joyce Brothers was wondering why intelligent people believed in astrology. And I thought, well, I wondered why she was doing this story in the first place. So don't write me a letter or send me a call. I'm just repeating a story I heard on a news station in Los Angeles about Dr. Joyce Brothers and thought I would share that with you. Let's go to Brian now in Aries. Hey, Brian, first-time caller, right? Yes, hello, Farley. How are you? Welcome. Where are you from, England? I'm from London originally, having lived here some uh, 15 years. Oh, I've been to London. You like it? I love Piccadilly Circus and going to all the different movie theaters there. Just a little too cold, though, most of the time. Have you ever been to the Great American Disaster for uh, American food? Yes, I have. I used to, you know, back in the meat-eating days, that's the only place in London I could eat. The best cheesecake I've ever had. (laughs) Is it still in existence? Yes, it is. Yes, I think they have a few more branches now, but uh, an excellent place. You know, I had a rebirth in Blackpool. 
Wow. I went up to Blackpool. Uh, I took a train up there, and I was the only American within, like, hundreds of miles. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my. I finally found a nice fisherman who kind of took me in. Does it like you? Uh, well, I try not to open my mouth. Once they find out you're an American up there, you feel like you're kind of, like, misplaced. Well, as long as you weren't wearing the plaid trousers and the checkered jacket, <laughs> did, I think, uh, you're in good shape. Did you see American Werewolf in London? No, I didn't. Well, I kind of felt like that a little bit. <laughs> I love the show today, Farley. And, well, thank uh, you. Excuse my bulldogs uh, barking in the background, guess speaking to you. <laughs> what signs are they? Um, they're both about a year old, uh, male and female. You know when their birthday was? Uh, no, I don't. But See, barking. there's a difference between a Scorpio dog and a Pisces dog or an Aries dog, you know. You... Well, they're, they're pretty much like the father who is an Aries. Okay. Finally, just a general scan. I'm having a hell of a bumpy ride right now in my life, and... Uh... Is there something going on that I should know about or should change? I, I think you're trying to overdo it. Are you trying to do too much right now? I have been. Are you indulging in too much that you know is not good for you? Definitely. Okay. I see Jupiter in Taurus is on your Venus in Taurus. Even though you're in Aries, you have Venus in Taurus and Saturn in Virgo, where you are shown money and love right now, but you may be burning out of trying to accumulate it all. Definitely. You know, out. and you kind of get scared to get away or take a break and center yourself because you're afraid it might go away. And, and it's possible, you know, it might not be as strong as it is now, but still, you can't risk your health, you know, and your well-being and your spiritual side for some of this materialistic gain that's occurring right now. This is a big time for you. And if you were in show business, you might be showing a major motion picture or something. Right. That's where I want to be, but I'm doing other things that. But just making the rent, but that's it. And then did you hear my show on the midlife crisis a while back? Yes, I did. I love that. Well, you're there. <laughs> it's like in Poltergeist 1 when they said, we're here. Well, you're there in the midlife crisis, you know. And uh, it's backed off quite a bit now, but 1989 is bound to be a rocker shocker year for you as far as major changes. And I think you're gearing up for that. It's real important to save as much money as possible to be prepared for that, okay? Should I continue in the same work that I'm doing, even though it's stressful to me? Got You need a vacation, right? Right. Well, can you get away soon, like in the next month or so? I'm going to try. You should. I think I really think you should because I know money's important, but it's not more important than your spirit. Thank you. Okay, okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. That's another edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Hope you liked it. See you real soon. Weekdays in the Fox at 12 noon. Bye-bye.